0: Welcome back to the Trinity League Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Albano, with the Orange County Register and OC Varsity. And I'm joined once again by our insider, Scotty Barajas, as we dive deep into all things Trinity League football. Tonight, we're recording our show on Monday, March 29th. March is almost gone, and we are still playing some spring football. We're actually going into the second half of the season, believe it, the short coronavirus season and uh, got some other big games this week. Maybe, you know, in Orange County, this is the, the game of the year. It's not necessarily the game of the year in the training league, but it's modern day Servite week. That's one of the biggest rivalries in high school sports across the country. So welcome back to everybody. Listen to our podcast. We su- appreciate your support and you listening. Please give us a review, share it with your your fan, your uh, hardcore football fans. Scotty, how you doing this week? We're yeah, big, got a big rivalry going on this week, uh, modern day Servite.
1: Yep, Dan, it's, uh, you know, that, that, uh, rival week, uh, like you said, with Servite modern day, um, it's kind of interesting because a, uh, a lot of these schools or at least the private schools are going to be on uh, spring break. So some of them won't have the, uh, you know, the normal pep rallies and the, uh, the hype that, that you get during the week, unless these schools, you know, have the kids come back and, um. You know, they do a uh, a rally of some sort, and especially with also the game being on Saturday, so that's going to kind of be a little bit uh, interesting for for uh, you know those you know playing that that rivalry game.
0: Yes, exactly. It's going to be all these three games this coming up week are all on Saturday, April third. They're they are not playing on Friday as traditionally, no Friday night lights because of. Good Friday for most of these schools. The Trinity League is uh, observing that. Playing and sit on Saturday. There's actually some Saturday afternoon games. We'll be talking about those kickoff times. And, of course, Modern Day Servite is going to be the evening game. And we actually have a doubleheader at Santa Ana uh, Stadium, Eddie West Field. So um, some really exciting stuff. We're going to preview those games. We're also going to have our recaps from uh, the round two of the Trinity League, which we you know definitely had a big game field, got us – Kind of got the blood flowing and the juices flowing in this training league last week with Servite, St. John Bosco. Had that big game feel. Got it right up on max preps. He had some uh, big exposure. That felt like a big big game and it delivered. And we're going to recap that uh, Bosco game. We're also going to have um, a special report uh, by Scotty on freshmen that are already making an impact in the training league. This is a special type of season for these freshmen is that they're not your typical freshmen. They're playing a little bit earlier than normal. They've been on high school campuses for, you know, what, six months they've been lifting. They've gotten to know the offenses. These guys are making an impact, um, more so than ever because of, you know, the strange pandemic uh, season delayed all the way to the spring. So a lot to cover tonight. It's exciting show. And, um, I hope everyone is enjoying, you know, football. We waited a long time for it to get back. Didn't look like it was going to get back. It's back, and it's starting to really deliver, and this is going to be another big step this week as we, uh, you know, get into, uh, you know, the third round of the Trinity League. Scotty, so let's start with that big game last week. I really want to get your impressions on this game. St. John Bosco at home takes uh, takes down Servite, 38-28. Tale of two halves, pretty remarkable Servite's up 7 3 at halftime, and uh, both teams obviously playing great defense, you know, 7 3 ball game. Servite's pressuring Bosco. They're, uh, they blocked a field goal. They're swarming to the ball. They're playing with a lot of confidence, especially on defense. Bosco's playing great defense, too. Check out these numbers Noah Fafita, excellent junior quarterback um, for Servite. He's one for eight in the first half for six yards. Unbelievable. He's been playing, putting up huge numbers, and he got it going eventually in the second half. And then T-Mac, zero catches in the first half. Another junior, um, T-Mac McMillan, another outstanding junior. Um, but, you know, that was Bosco really pressuring him, uh, pressing him out, I should say, on, on the edges and did a, did a great job. Um, but then, it you know, Bosco takes control in the second half. They score on four or five possessions in the second half. Jabari Bates runs wild for 177 yards. This guy Matteo Ugaleli, uh, outstanding, catches two touchdown passes. The tight end, sophomore, six foot five for St. John Bosco, catches two touchdowns in the second half, including a, a key fourth down touchdown um, on, four, on fourth down conversion. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then uh, and then Bosco gets enough stops to, to hold off, you know, Servite. Uh, no, Fafita and T Mac did get going in the second half, put up some big numbers there, but it, they just couldn't, you know, sustain, you know, that momentum they had in the first half. But pretty interesting game. Um, Pierce Clark. I then also think uh, Pierce Clarkson is probably emerging as the number one guy. I think he's starting to kind of step up a little separation with Caden Hauser. They're still rotating quite a bit, but. I'm starting to see, you know, I you know I think Pierce might be kind of emerging as the guy. I like both those quarterbacks. They're they're both kind of different, but Pierce Clarkson' elusiveness is kind of a game changer. The way he can run and complement that running game, get out of trouble, whenever that is, he can extend some drives through a couple of pretty nice touchdowns um, as well. So, and 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 has got a great arm, but it's in, you know, but I. I kind of think that uh, Pierce Clarkson could be emerging. Jalen Woods with the big game as well. Uh look good at outside linebacker for the Braves. But Scotty, what was your take on this game?
1: You know, uh, you know, during all of us that were following, you know, scores that Friday, you know, we kept seeing that score seven three servite and then it going to a seven three at half. I mean couldn't believe it, you know, and yeah. like you said, then seeing Noah was you know one of eight, you know, team back no catches, Bosco with no touchdowns. A running game that you know was bottled up. I mean, whatever you know, alternate universe that was,
0: yeah, you
1: know, ended up changing back because Bosco made those second half adjustments. You know, scoring those thirty-five points and you know, open up the game. You know, for Servak's sake, they did all they could do. They played another great game. You know, but in the end, with the Bosco, you know, size and depth that wore you know on the Friars, that second half. You know, you know, despite you know Team Back getting back on track. But for that first half, Survive defense with linebacker Aiden Eckenweiler and uh, Jacob Meadow and defensive lineman Mason Graham, I mean, they were just out quicking the bigger Survive offensive line. They were getting after the QBs. They were not letting the running backs get loose, you know. But, you know, for Bosco's sake, I saw a couple of drops, a couple of overthrows that if we're caught, Bosco could have easily been up 21 7. you know, and then it was former Friar Jabari Bates. You know, who opened yeah. up the game. You know, I think rushing for, I believe it was like 170 of his 174 in the second half. He yeah, had. Uh, then you got those two big clutch catches from Mateo. You know, both those catches were undefendable. Um, you know, yeah. in lining up at tight end. Uh, I think one was sort of like a semi real route, um, and then he drags the defender into the end zone. Then the other one, he flexed out, catches the fade going up. It's just it can't be defended. You know, no, unless you're, you know, somebody of his size, you know, some kept battling back, you know, but they turned the ball over while playing catch up in that second half. And then, you know, they would just, you can't trade scores, you know, and then I wonder how much Keon Burnett was missed. Um, I mean, sure. he sure would have presented mismatches, but then how healthy would he have been? Um, you know, it, it was kind of like a carbon copy of like last year's game, you know, with except for last year's, there was a couple of missed extra points. Um, you know this one was was uh, the uh, serve you know it was down by 10 but for the most part you know I think it was as advertised everybody you know got a great game and um, you know like we keep saying you know you know depth and, and and you know Bosco speed always ends up being there you know when needed if you can't trade blow for blow but nonetheless you know, I, I, you know, you you got to give it up to both teams because they both played great when they needed to. They both made the adjustments just so that one ended up coming out on top.
0: Yeah. And before we go to players of the game, I want to s- ask your opinion about this, Scotty. I, I've seen, um, as far as this, this sophomore class going on in Southern California, specifically, obviously, Orange County a little bit here, but we'll keep it SoCal. I've seen uh, Milwaukee... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I've seen... Malachi Nelson, a quarterback. I don't know why I always get his name wrong, but it's uh, Malachi. I'll get it right one of these days, Malachi. Nelson, the quarterback sophomore at at, uh, Los Alamitos. And I've seen Makai, I think i have gotten his name, Makai Lemon also at Los Alamitos play. Fine athlete. And I think Malachi is going to be outstanding. He really moves well. He's got a great arm. And... Makai can just flat out motor and is super athletic. I've seen him do some amazing things already as a corner and a receiver. Um, but you know what? I you know, I think there's just Mateo is so big at 6'5, 260. I'm seeing him doing very athletic things like catch fade passes and he's out jumping. uh, and you know he's got a good guy on him, Noah Avenger on that one fourth down conversion. That's a San Diego State commit. All over him, like you said, undefendable. I'm seeing Mateo jump up and grab a a a a little out pass from Cole Fulton at Santa Margarita and taking it to the house, just jumping out of nowhere to grab that ball, no problem to the house. Um, He's running after the catch on the uh, you know the second half on that the first touchdown he scored against Servite. That guy's got. I think he's the number one sophomore in the state. Uh, I mean, and I can't you know he is going to be just such a force. With him at that size and what he's doing, I think he's just at another physicality level than um, I think than Nelson and Lemon. What's your take on that, Scotty?
1: You know, it's a good point that you you know that you bring that up because I had wondered about this, and this is no knock on um, the guys at Los Al, uh, but you know I keep seeing how you know the numbers that they keep putting up, you know the big plays they keep making. You know, and that's that's the uh, you know the knock or you know you know the the discussion. You know, if they did it in the Trinity League, uh, would they be putting up those numbers? You know, because you're playing against the best. You know, I know. You know, it's been a lot of talk is that you know you know there's been so much talent and depth. You know, at these Trinity League schools that that, that not everybody gets on the field. So then that's why these kids go. You know, they end up just you know go play at a public school. You'll still you're good enough. You'll get your scholarship. You know that's right. In, in their right mind, that's right. You know they're just talented. I think those two guys could be in the Trinity League, and they would still put up you know you know great highlights. Um, but you know when you get you know you're, you're talking you know Mateo, who's at six five two sixty, you just don't see that. You know, and he does it both sides of the ball, and he could be equally as good at tight end and defense. You know, and that's the other thing. It's like. You know, where do you rank him at? You know, so you may be right. You know, he may, he could possibly be by the end be, when they re rank him that he'd be number one. Um, and he could probably do, you know, it at both sides. Though I think right now, I think he's more um, valuable or more talented on the offensive side because of his matchups. I've seen him, you know, so far. He's made good plays on defense, but he hasn't been as dominating defensively as he has offense i mean he's been contained at times there and then there are times where he'll make a good move and he's made it you know but he seems to always make the sack or the big tackle when needed yeah you know and 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 I and, and when that's the difference you know you big players rise up to the big you know big big uh times and that's what he's doing because right now i mean he had two catches but they were two big catches and those are kind of game changers same on defense he's always seems to have Two big plays on each each side of the ball, you know, and both of them, you know, you know, like I said, were, you know, ended up having changed the outcome or played a big part in the outcome of the game. Yeah, and you know that's what people remember, you know. So, like I said, he'll get better, you know. You know, he's a sophomore. You know, you know, as far as like, you know, you know, not always. Uh, maybe be not as dominant as, as, as he is on the offensive side, on the defensive side, but but you're you're right as far as, you know, he possibly could be the number one guy in that class going into next year.
0: We'll see. I think, uh, I mean, both those guys, uh, Makai Lemon, um, Malachi uh, Nelson, they're really good too. And they're going to give a lot of good competition. That's, it's not a slam dunk, but that's, I've seen all of those guys in person. I've seen Nelson and Lemon both in person twice. And I've seen, um mateo in person tw- um twice as well and uh, mateo is the pick uh, for me right now uh, all different positions all different guys so you can always debate it uh, a bunch of different ways but pretty interesting great looking sophomores i'll tell you that that's that's no doubt about it sky let's move on to another game from last week to recap here modern day 49 orange lutheran seven so um, pretty interesting, you know, looking at this box score. Um, this is a game that you were at. I was surprised. Orange Lutheran actually scored first. So credit to the Lancers getting the first quarter touchdown. And then, you know, modern day score seven straight touchdowns. How about Elijah Brown, the freshman quarterback at modern day, you know, um, in a second game as a second as a, as a first, you know, freshman starter. Um, four touchdowns you know now it's you know after two games elijah is completing about 77 percent of his passes he's got seven touchdowns against one interceptions the um, running back duo is pretty much emerging for modern day Yetz and uh brown they're they're looking pretty dynamic and joss zamora stepping up right now as a uh uh, josiah excuse me josiah uh, zamora for modern day stepping up He's uh, tied for the team lead with eight catches with, I believe it's C.J. Williams. So I don't know if uh, how many people saw um, Josiah really stepping up as uh, having a, an outstanding season so far. Um, and I think he was pretty good against Orange Lutheran. Um, he had five catches for 61 yards, also caught a touchdown. C.J. Williams, six catches for 73 yards uh, two touchdowns, including a 31-yard touchdown, so some interesting stuff going on offensively, and then defensively, obviously, modern day's defense continuing to uh, play outstanding. Uh, linebacker uh, Malaki Teo is um, emerging from a talented um, group of linebackers. He is uh, tied for, I think, he's got, actually got the team lead after two games with six total tackles. So, and right there, of course, with you know Ray John Davis and company. But, uh, and then Josh Hunter, safety, has already got two picks in as many games. He had one more against Orange Lutheran. And then for the Lancers, you know, it was uh, tough going, running the ball. They actually only finished with nine yards, uh, total yards rushing. So that was tough. Um, Logan Gonzalez, nine for 21, two picks for uh, about 100 yards and some change. So for the year, Logan's about completing about 50%. You um, know, obviously his average is going to dip um, – after this modern day game, but I still think the junior is, um, you know, he's still making some progress and I'm pretty high on Logan Gonzalez. So I'm interested to see how he bounces back from that game. And one guy who's looking really good for orange Lutheran who's off to a fast start, Jacob Hernandez. Um, he's playing outstanding and uh five, five 210 pound. I think he's a junior and he had nine total tackles against modern day. And he's emerging as, uh, as a, as definitely a guy to watch. So it was, a, it was a you know, uh, Orange Lutheran, hey, they got on the board, scored a touchdown early, but then it was all modern day. What was your take uh, being over there at uh, at the game, Scotty, at Santa Ana Stadium?
1: Yeah, so that score, 49-7, you know, on the surface, you know, it was a blowout, and I know people just look at scores, you know, and then they say that's all that counts, you know, and then seeing Elijah's tosses, his four TDs, you know, completing seventy six percent. You know, nineteen of twenty five, one ninety four. He did have one pick, yet it was another efficient passing game. You know, with C J. Williams, um, as you mentioned, with his six catches uh, and his two TDS. But when you go beyond the score, you know the Monarchs weren't believe it or not, they weren't able to dominate the running game as one most of it expected. Uh, I you know I know you had mentioned you know the you know the the rushing yardage. But you got to credit Olu defense. They did play much better last week Okay. Um, with their run defense. You know, though Day did rush for 211 yards, I know as a team I mean, that's deceiving, Ray Leak had 66, and the X had 73. You know, they combined for 139 on 22 carries, but both of them combined had negative 17 yards rushing. You know, there was more than a few runs that were stopped for loss, okay. no gain or little gains. You know, for any other team, that would probably be a decent, solid numbers, but knowing what these backs can do, you know, was surprising. You know, whether it was a down night for the O-line or a resurgent uh, Olu defense, you know, front seven, you know, the linebackers, Gabe Moran he had seven tackles, two for loss, and an interception. You had already mentioned Jacob Nernandez led with nine tackles for loss. And then their defensive back, Bryce Brown Johnson, uh, he had eight tackles, you know, and they, you know, made MD work for those yards. You know, they showed multiple looks. They didn't sit back. They attacked Moderna. Um, they stopped Day in short yardage huh. um, situations, uh, believe it or not, you know, including two fourth and shorts. Um, but for all that Olu did to slow down the Monarch offense, the Olu defense, I mean, the Olu offense had their hands full. Um, with the modern day starting defense, you know, exactly. who held the Lancers to 101 yards, yeah. one yard rushing um, and a hundred yards passing. You know, the, the, that was the starting beat. You know, Logan had a tough night. Like you said, we, you mentioned his stats um, and Olu did hold a 7-0 lead for a little bit after modern day muffed the punt. Then Gonzalez connected on a 28 yard screen class. Then two plays later, they hit Jalen Lynch for a 30 yard TD on a nice route. You know, Lynch lined up on the outside and um, Damon Blackman uh, lined up inside and they picked the moderate defender. Lynch got inside his defender and the timing was precise. And, um, you know, Gonzalez, you know, hit, hit them for, the, for that score. But that was the only offensive highlight of the night. And Gonzalez faced relentless pressure, um, which included an uh, opening sack by uh, Owen Carey and perhaps the highlight sack of the year with josh sagio who actually decleted gonzalez from the front side he actually created a fumble that was returned by us from a score by rajon davis but it was called back for blocking the back I know <laughs> I, earlier i sent you that picture so you can have a visual of what i'm talking about yeah um, so i don't know if you if you, you saw that
0: um i'll try to post that said, out there for everybody yeah it's it's
1: it's it, it, I mean, yeah, it, it, when you see it depleted, I mean, when you see it fast, it's, it's, it, it was pretty intense. I, he got up, but I didn't think he was going to get up from that hit. Um, and then the de- defense had two interceptions, like it's Josh Hunter and Shoes Brinkley. Um, you know, for the most part, Olu's defense played better than they did against Servite, but Monterrey was never really challenged by, on defense by the Olu um, offense, you know, who did pass for 216-yard total against Servite last week. But I'm sure all that's going to change uh, this week.
0: Yes, and I think Jacob. And I look in here now that Jacob Garcia. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Jacob Hernandez. That uh, Orange Lutheran linebacker that is really emerging, Jacob Hernandez. He is a senior, according to Max Preps. So uh, my apologies for Jacob. Yeah, Scotty, who is your player of the game in this one? And we'll then we'll go back. Uh, we'll circle back to Servite uh, Bosco. Yeah, uh, you
1: know, I I I code it. Um, I went Elijah Brown, um, because it's just, he, they seemed to like decide to make, uh, they wanted to force, I guess, uh, modern day to pass. Um, and he kind of like, he didn't throw anything deep, but he, like I said, he was efficient. He only made a couple of mistakes. Um, but he had, you know, he, he, he did what he needed to do. And then Ray John Davis had the four tackles, um, two for loss. He had a one pass deflection and he almost had another interception and then he had that fumble recovery. And he's just been all all over the field. Sounds like it. I think he does things, you know, I think he was actually the monarch of what they call the player of of the, you know, monarch of the week as player of the game last week. And he only had two tackles and it's because he does things that take away the, you know, one side of the field, or or he does. You know, he all of his assignments, or uh, and so that's kind of like, you know, he's just been around the ball, so that's he's kind of silently done. You know what, and that's kind of expected, but um, but he was all over the place, and so I, I kind of coded with them too.
0: And did and, you uh, have uh, Jabari Bates for last uh, the yes, I did. Bosco game? Okay, great. Yeah. All right, Scotty. Now, last game to uh, recap. And that would be Santa Margarita taking on Jay Sarah. And this was, hey, this, the Eagles have snapped their losing streak in the Trinity League in a big way. 42-0 over Saint, uh, over uh, Jay Sarah. And that snapped the Eagles' 11-game losing streak in the Trinity League. So they are not going to be 0 for this year. And they smashed through that barrier, 42-0. How about a career night for Colt Fulton, the senior quarterback? The lefty throws for 403 yards four touchdowns they got their their receiving duo is you know set and looking great and Murphy and Buckley those guys you know they put they produced against Bosco they produced the next week against Jay Sarah uh, sophomore uh, I believe it is uh, Ben uh, Durham uh defensive back for uh Santa Margarita had a team high 10 total tackles how about another sack for D train Derek Wilkins he's got three sacks in his last Two Trinity League games, guys. Looking like he's going to be a first-team All Trinity League player and beyond. The course of Cal commit. Um Jay Sarah, second game in the Trinity League. Second game without a touchdown. Uh, without a touchdown, they got a field goal against Modern Day the previous week, but they get shut out in this game, and they've been outscored ninety-four to three. Obviously, very tough games. You're going to play the juggernaut in Modern Day. Number one in Orange County. Maybe they, you have them as your training league favorite. You have them nationally. Then you're going to play against a vastly improved Santa Margarita team that's coming off a strong offseason and just, you know, pushed Bosco big time in the first half and show that they're legit. And they got a dynamic duo of receivers, a senior quarterback, big defensive line, trying to break a streak. It's been tough for the Lions, but... I would of course love to know what you thought of this game, Scotty.
1: Yeah, so Santa Margarita continued off its its offensive resurgence um, and its defense held Jay Sarah to eighty five yards of total offense, thirteen yards passing. Um, but Santa Margarita had to work a little bit to get some of those scores, or you can say Jay Sarah allowed the Eagles those opportunities. Um, you know, Fulton. You know, like you said, he did a throw for the four hundred three yards, four touchdowns, but he only completed fifty four percent and he threw 42 times um, with two picks. So what you don't see is how the Eagles scored. Now they scored on big plays, and get this, so con- and converting multiple third and fourth and longs. So Jay Sarah seemed to challenge the Eagles' offense early on, and for the first score, the Eagles needed to convert a third and long and a fourth and five before they got a four-yard run from um, Hussein uh, Santinello. Um, and then Jay Sarah's offense did pick up their first first down on their first drive, but they gave the eagle back to the Eagles. You know they drove it down to J. Sarah thirty, who again needed to convert back to back fourth and fifteens. <laughs> the first on a rollout completion hitting tight end Sam Espino, then on the next fourth and fifteen, Fulton hits Raymarlo Murphy on a 24, 25 yard post slant. As he makes like a bobbling catch, spins, breaking the uh, breaking the tackle and going up into the end zone. Santa Margarita up 15 0, just like that. But, you know, more on the Eagles' extra points, and I, and I will get to that at the end of this because it's very interesting what they do with their extra points. Um, as well as Jay Serra was playing on those first two drives, they just couldn't stop the Eagles on third and fourth down or the big plays because the next pos- Eagle possession, Fulton hits Buckley for an 80 yard bomb. Um, the ball looked like it was going to be picked off by the by the safety, but it just dropped right over the safety's hands into Buckley's, and then he showed his speed breaking away from three or four uh, J. Seron defenders. Eagles up 21-0. Their two-point conversion failed. Being down 21, you could see that J. was started to press. Um, they kind of abandoned their run. They went with three straight pass plays, resulted in back-to-back sacks by. Maurice Hines and Matthew Armarima. And then up into that offensive series, Jay Serra actually was having success running the ball better than it did against modern A. They were picking up like five to seven yard gains. But when you're playing from behind, you have to throw. And Jay Serra finished with 72 yards rushing, led by Zach Pua's 59. But the tone of the game was set early on, you know, you know and it continued into the second half. Santa Margarita had to con- uh, convert another third and long, and uh, resulted in a 25-yard gain, and then a play later, 10-yard out to Romelo Murphy, 27-0, Santa Margarita at the half. Then on the opening drive of the second half, Santa Margarita runs a fake punt on a fourth and 27 and gets 45-yard gain. But on that drive, Jay Serra finally stopped um, Santa Margarita from converting on fourth downs, but then they gave the ball right back, and then Fulton hits Murphy for a 55-yard gain. Touchdown 35-0, you know, and um, you know, the closest Jason got to scoring was right before the half But uh, Ben Durham you had mentioned earlier um, he played a great game uh, came on a corner blitz and um, You know shut down that scoring threat, you know, and the Eagles finished the night with three sacks Hit Wilkins had the other they had multiple pressures um, they held you know Jason did hold uh, the Eagles the 42 yards rushing um, and the Eagles kind of struggled a bit, only got 3.2 per average. Um, despite, you know, Fulton's, uh, 403 yards, he wasn't all that sharp. Um, you know, as I mentioned with the 54%, he was only 7 of 16 in that second half, but he connected when he, you know, on the big passes when they needed. Um, you know, and then Jay Sarah, this is other note Jay Sarah with, was without both of their starting cornerbacks, Jordan Washington and Ray Valencia. We were both in street clothes on the sideline, so um, you know, like I said, I, I, you know Santa Margarita, you know, without a doubt, is talented. You know, they have the skill and they can take it to bounce anytime. Um, you know, Jair is just, you know, it's 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 going to be tough with them, but you know, hopefully, they just keep on working at it, and you know, and then they just get better. But um, you know, that was a, a, a tough one for them.
0: All right, and player of the game, Scotty, did you go with? Mr. Four Hundred Three, uh, Cole Fulton. No, I actually went
1: both. I went with both Buckley and Ray Miller Murphy, who, okay. who uh, caught both. You know, they caught some. You know, balls at crucial times. Mur- uh, Murphy caught a lot of fourth down and third down balls. I mean, if he drops them, they turn the ball over. But I mean, he, he caught those, and then they both dis- both of them displayed speed and athleticism. Yeah. So that's that's the key. I, you know,
0: so. Excellent. Well, now as we wrap up round two of the training league, let's look at the standings going into round three. So right at the top of the, the league, of course, you got those familiar two teams, both 2-0. St. John Bosco, Moder Day. Then you got that middle pack that we've been talking about saying these guys look like a good matchup. They're not going to play for a while, but Servite, Santa Margarita, both one and one. And then the, the, the next two at the bottom of the league that we kind of thought this could be interesting how these guys pair up as well. Orange Lutheran, J. Sarah, both 0-2. So you got a kind of a clear divide there. Um, it seems to be some levels to this game, as they like to say, right? Bosco, Moderna both 2-0. and 0. Middle Pack, Servite, Santa Margarita, 1-1. Orange Lutheran, J. Sarah, both 0-2. All this going in to round three.